you're tuned to Practical Solutions for Life. Life is full of changes, whether it be a new marriage, a new position, or saving for retirement. These all require a plan. Each week, we'll pick a topic such as wealth, health, or relationships. We'll talk about choices and solutions that will empower you to take charge. Feng Shui can help you get ahead. It's ethical, practical, and it works. Let's get back to basics so that you can move smoothly through life's challenges. Welcome to Practical Solutions for Life. I'm your host, Katherine Wilking. Good morning and welcome to Practical Solutions for Life. We're broadcasting live from Simcoe County in Ontario today, right on the shore of Lake Simcoe. Our show today is the power of change. Change throughout our lives is inevitable and it's very personal. Our choices can instigate a change, and yet there's so much we don't have any control of. Just like the weather, when you prepare ahead, it helps a lot. Sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen in the day. If you're looking to get unstuck with whatever's happening in your life right now, you have to trust in something and trust yourself, believing that somewhere down the road, life is going to change, and you can prepare for that. I talk to people all the time about finding their luck, building blocks, manipulating things around them to streamline through all the clutter and the chatter in their lives. Some people are really stuck. Basically, we've got a starting point in life when we're born, no matter where that is, and yet anyone can begin again with a new starting point, and that time could be today. It's what you do next that really matters, and you can change your life. You're in luck. I've got a special guest for you today. Our guest, Jim Brett, is a co-founder of the International Change Book Series. He's here to help us adapt to the inevitable challenges ahead. I met Jim a few years ago when I joined the Change Group of co-authors and contributed to book nine of the series. Networking with Brit, his partner, Jim Lutz, and all 200 plus co-authors has been an amazing experience of insight and growth. I've asked Jim to join us today and share some of his life story to inspire us all. Jim reminds me of a wise old owl in the woods. He's very insightful. He's risen to the top of his empire, raised a large family, and still kind, giving of time, advice, and leadership to thousands of people each year. Jim Britt, in my mind, is one of the very few successful entrepreneurs that has truly found the work-life balance. More formally, Jim Britt is an international recognized leader and highly sought after speaker in the field of peak performance and personal empowerment training. He's the author of 13 best-selling books, including Cracking the Rich Code and Cracking the Life Code, and of course, the Change Book series, only to name a few. He's presented seminars around the world, served as a success counselor to corporations worldwide, and recently named one of the world's top 20 success coaches. He's received the best of the best award for direct selling industry. Wow, there's so much more to Jim. You can visit his website at jimbrit.com. And here is Jim. Welcome, Jim Britt. Thank you, Catherine. Great to be here. Good. It's an impressive bio. We're delighted to have you join us. Jim, I know you're quite busy, and I thought this would be a good month to have you on the show, so I'm delighted you're here. We're on the Empowerment Channel, and I just love that word, empowerment. There's no breaks when you're feeling empowerment. (laughs) But sometimes it's not easy for people to pull up their socks and get cracking. 
So, Jim, your story, your starting point in life wasn't the obvious start for a self-made individual such as yourself. Tell us a bit more about your story and your aha moments and maybe some turning points. How did you manage to step up one step at a time and find yourself at the top? Well, I, uh, Catherine, I had a few turning points. Um, my first job was when I was uh, six years old, and we uh, were, were pretty poverty-stricken. We weren't, you know homeless or anything, but uh, probably pretty close to it. We had food to eat, but not not as much as I would like to have been eating. Um, but at six years old, uh, I started picking cotton with the family in, um, in Oklahoma, where I, where I was raised at the time. And, um, and I did that for about six years, and I, I suppose probably today my parents might be arrested for child labor or something like that. But back then, we had to do it to survive. Oh, and, yeah. You know, I learned from that experience, though, that working hard uh, doesn't necessarily get you where you want to go. There's nothing wrong with having a work ethic and working hard, but uh, just, you know, hard physical labor doesn't always get you where you want to go. And then I transitioned from there. I you know, went to high school and, and dropped out in the 10th grade because uh, I just wasn't a good student. From the 8th grade on, if I got a, a D minus, I thought I was looking pretty good. So got out of high school and went to work in a, in a gas station pumping gas. And I, I made a dollar an hour, which was a cut above the picking cotton, which was two cents a pound. And uh, worked there for about a year or so, got married at 18, had my first child at 19, no future uh, ahead of me. Uh, my dream was always to work in the factory down down the road uh, on the assembly line, and uh, but they required a high school diploma. I tried I tried the equivalency twice and flunked it both times. So, um, but luckily I met a man that uh, that got me into the, this factory. Uh, lucky or not, I don't know. But I ended up going to work there. Worked there for um, a couple of years, and. Um, you know, my first child was born when I was 19, and uh, so started a family. But also realized that uh, that that both the um, the uh, gas station job and the factory job wasn't going to get me where I want to go. The major turning point for me was one night uh, at the factory. I was working a swing shift. I got off at midnight, and I was looking forward to the next day as my day off or night off, and a fellow from the next area over came by, and and he posed a question. He said, hey, Britt, are you going to work in this factory the rest of your life? And I said, I don't know, maybe. I really didn't know at the time. You know, I had no skill sets or no, I had a lot of ambition, but no skill sets or or money or anything like that. So he um, invited me to go to a meeting, which I turned down a few times, and finally, I, I agreed to go with him the next evening. It was supposed to be something we could make some extra money at. Mm-hmm. And I saw a, a business opportunity, that, but they wanted a $4,000 investment, which I had $9 in the bank, and, and I didn't even know anybody that had $4,000 back then. And, um, but I decided to do it, and I, I went to 23 different loan companies to get the money to uh, get involved in that business. Start, started it up, and in the first year... I lost everything I owned. I just could not make it work. And I was, you know, saw other people doing it, but I just couldn't. And big, another big turning point was a fellow from the corporation came by and spent about two hours with me and gave me a little training, taught, taught me what I was doing wrong, what other things I needed to be doing. And long story short, over the next year, I made just under a million dollars. So 
at 23 years old. Here I am, you know, a year before losing everything, including my home and my vehicles and everything. And a year later, uh, I'm pretty close to a million dollars. So that's that's kind of where I started. And I met a fella uh, at at that time by the name of Jim Rohn. And a lot of people know Jim. He's a or was he passed away recently, but um, uh, is known as one of the top uh, motivational, inspirational speakers in the world. Certainly one of the most quoted. And Jim and I became close friends back then, and ended up in business together for about ten years. And that's that's where I got my start in in the speaking field. So, kind of a um, short story, <laughs> but uh, that's how that's how I got into the field. Okay, so why do you think that your boss or whatever you bought into this business that and you lost everything? Why didn't they wait so long to give you some more training so that you could succeed? What was was there something going well, on? I don't in know. There? You know, he, was it you he, being he wasn't resistant really my boss. He was just uh, an independent uh, distributor with the company, but he was he was kind of um, above me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I don't know if he just uh, he had never had contact with me, so I don't know if if. If maybe uh, somebody told him about me and how hard I worked, or you know, because when he came by, he said, "I understand you're you're really a hard worker and you're out there every day working it, but you're not making any money." And so, evidently, somebody mentioned something to him. I never questioned him about that. He just, you know, we sat down and um, and he he spent about two hours. So probably the first coaching session I ever had, and and we didn't call them coaches back then because. A coach was a football coach or something. <laughs> okay. So you were open for change is, is the point I was trying to get. You weren't carrying a chip on your shoulder or, or anything like that. You were you were open to learn, and uh, that's what that's what happened, right? It's about finding oh, your passion. Yeah, I, I, I wanted open. to learn. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I just I worked hard every day, but I just couldn't make it go, and I, I just couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. So change happens in many different ways. Seasons change. Kids grow up and yeah, we get older. And if we didn't have change in our lives, we'd, we'd stop learning and we'd never continue to grow. So even at some of these uh, experiences, failure is not failure. It's learning what not to do, right? And you just yeah. continue to move. So learning to maneuver through life's changes can be a real challenge for some or a real fantastic opportunity for others. It's really what you do next that matters, right? It is. Yeah, you know, change happens no matter what you do. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know, every every decision leads to a change in your life, and even indecision leads to a change in your life. Uh, it may be a change in the wrong direction that you want to go, but, you know, the uh, decision-making point is really what, changes us and and uh, but the the problem is is that we when we when we see change when we start are being confronted with change we're also being confronted with fear and we're afraid of what might happen if we make that change uh, so it's it's a, a matter of being willing uh, to step out of that comfort zone and and confront that fear and let it go and move forward and that's what I've done my whole life. I mean, I, to me, if somebody's comfortable, they're not growing, uh, whether it be personally, financially, or in, in any situation. You could just get too comfortable. But, again, people weigh out the pain of changing versus the pain of staying where you are. And they see an opportunity, and they go, yeah, I, I really want to do that. 
but then they see where they are, say, I don't like where I am. But then they see the pain of going where they are to where they want to be, and they weigh that out. Sometimes, most of the time, it's even unconsciously, and then decide to stay where they are, where they're comfortable, instead of moving forward. So that's a sure. big mystery, yeah. but that's that's what happens. Well, it depends how we're wired. I'm, I'm a risk taker as well, too, and I have to explain myself to my loved ones sometimes what I'm doing. And, yeah, I do get off the beaten track a bit to to learn, to grow, to see, to live. And, yeah, more than once I've ended up back at the same crossroads and saying, okay, what are well, I Well, you know, if you, if you look, if you think about it, the, the DNA of your parents is in you. Right. And if that's the case, and, and it is, then the DNA of your grandparents is, is in you as well, and the DNA of your great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents. So you've got, you've got that present all the way back to when our ancestors lived in a cave. Mm-hmm. And their dominant thought process, I'm, I'm guessing, but their dominant thought process back then was, how do I kill something to eat? And how do I keep from being killed and eaten? So they had two fears, the fear of not having food to, to live and a fear of being, being food for some, some other <laughs> beast in, yeah. the, in the forest, you know. So, you know, that, that fear is in our DNA, so it's carried forward. So when somebody says, hey, do you want to get up in front of a group and, and speak? And, of course, for most people, the greatest fear is getting up in front of a group and speak. So they're mm-hmm. afraid, in, in a sense, of being killed and eaten. Yeah, I mean, not physically, but yet it feels that way. <laughs> For so, sure. you know, that's, that's why we have to confront it and realize that it's, that it's a made-up story and it's an old program and it's, it's not real unless we make it so. For sure. For sure. So people contact me to find balance and harmony in their life. And, you know, you're right. Uh, balance and harmony could be pretty boring <laughs> for entrepreneurs. They want some excitement. But what happens with balance and harmony is you're going to take the chatter away and you're going to get focused. And for me, that's the harmony part is that there's a moving forward all the time. Um, can I get a few comments on a few subjects uh, supporting the work-life balance there? Um, happiness, you could describe that so well. There's a continuing quest for happiness in our society, and yet how do you explain to somebody that the choice of being happy or sad is really theirs to change? Well, ha- happiness yeah. uh, is a state of being, and some people look at happiness like, boy, if I can just get that new car, I'll be happy. Or if I get that new home, I'll be happy. Or a new set of clothing or more money. But all of those things are temporary. They can come and go. So what happens when you get the new car and the new wears off, then you're unhappy again. So it, those, are, those are what I would consider pleasures. Um, you know, you can have a pleasure. Like a vacation won't make you happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pleasurable, but it won't make you happy. Um, so happiness is a state of of who you are at any given moment. And to me, it's uh, to be happy, you've got to let go of the things that make you unhappy. So if you feel stressed, uh, you've got to look at what's causing that stress and be able to uh, disconnect from that and, and let go of it and go back to your, your happiness state of being. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, happiness is, um, uh, it's, it's 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 our natural state. <laughs> Look at a child, uh, mm-hmm. and, and children are happy until they get programmed or 
whatever you know they get programmed over the over the years sometimes not not so good uh and they get pro programmed out of that happiness and then as you get older and you see seniors acting more like children well it gets to the point where they go oh this stuff is all this stuff is not working anymore i don't care what people think about me and I'm just going to be happy and go travel the world and do yeah. what I want to do. You yeah. know? I think uh, you have to have one of those big so, old birthdays you know, balance, to uh, appreciate balance that. Balance <laughs> is an interesting thing, but it's it's a discipline. And um, it's 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 kind of enduring a pain of discipline sometimes versus that pain of regret uh, when you're out of balance. Uh-huh. But uh, somebody asked me the other day, uh, uh, do you work out? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, what's the longest span of, of time that you've had a consistent workout. And I said, 45 years. I've mm-hmm. been working out for 45 years. Every, not every day. Some days I'll, I'll be on an airplane or something and can't. But mm-hmm. every day that I can. So I'm, I would say I'm working out six days a week on average. And on a rare occasion, maybe five. But mm-hmm. I work out, in my mind, I work out every day. Because that's a discipline. And I know that from, from exercising... You're going to feel better. You're going to sleep better. You're going to be more productive. You're going to be in better shape. You'll keep the weight off, and you'll just be energized. So, uh, to me, that's that's number one in my book is is being healthy. And as a result of that, I have never been sick. I just don't. I don't have flus. I don't. I don't yeah, get anything. I mean, too. occasionally you get a little <laughs> sniffle or something, but it lasts like two days and it's gone. So, yeah. you know that that's part of keeping in balance and. And I hear people say, well, I don't have time to work out. Well, in my mind, you don't have time not to work out. It's going to save you a whole lot more time because you're going to be more productive and have a clear head. And same way with business. You can get too carried away with business and forget about your relationship or your health. Or, uh, you know, you get too carried away with having fun and forget about your business. <laughs> you know, there's, It's just a, a conscious effort to look at each area of your life and... And, and be satisfied in that area without getting too extreme in another because anything extreme in one area is going to suck the life out of some of the other areas if you're not oh, careful. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, uh, there's definitely a push here encouraging others to be thankful for what they have too. That part of gratitude works hand in hand with happiness, right? If you're just grateful sure. for everything that you have, then you're... You, you don't have that worry that you're not you're not missing out on something, right? Yeah, it it it, it reduces stress uh, is re- really what it does when you when you're grateful for what you have. And I'm I mean I've traveled all over the world and I've I've seen some pretty poverty stricken areas mm-hmm. and where people are living in boxes and tents and and whatever they can put put over their head and. Um, and, and when you see that, it kind of makes you grateful for what you have. But uh, if we can just look around, I mean, gosh, we've got, we got a roof over our head, we got a car to drive, we got a job, we got income coming in, we got food on the table, um, you know. And that's not that way for everybody. So I, I'd say, uh, you know, to be grateful for what you have and in, in pursuit of what you want. For sure. Uh, We're going to have to go to a break here soon, Jim. Uh, Now that we've established more about the importance of change to learn to grow and empower ourselves, uh, could this day get any better? Of course. We'll take a short break. And when we'll get back, we're going to be talking about the change book series and the business pulse today. We'll be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Catherine Wilking uses unique personal profiling and other feng shui tools in order to help you excel in all areas of life, wealth, health, relationships, and more. She offers face-to-face consultations through Skype or Zoom calls. She will set up your home office for success. Visit KatherineWilking.com and take advantage of the Home Harmony Package. Catherine would love to see your space and help find the right solutions for you. Check out other products and services at KatherineWilking.com. Catherine Wilking Designs is a counseling service with a difference. I'm Catherine Wilking. I use feng shui to help people achieve their goals. Are you having issues with your coworker or partner? Or perhaps life is beginning to spin out of control. Feng shui can help. Rearranging your space can always rearrange your life. Doesn't it make sense to set up your office, bedroom, and entire household for success every single day? Feng Shui never goes out of style. Visit my site, KatherineWilking.com, and let's get your space working for you. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to Practical Solutions for Life. If you'd like to send a question or comment about our program, please send an email to Catherine at CatherineWilking.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N at CatherineWilking.com. Now, back to Practical Solutions for Life. And we're back. I'm Catherine. We're talking with Jim Britt today, co-founder of the International Change Book Series, speaker, business coach, and entrepreneur. Jim, you coined the 1% rule. I just love this 1% rule. Could you explain this to our listeners? Well, you know, it's a, it's a simple thing. If, if you can uh, be 1% more productive today than you were yesterday, so you look at what you did yesterday and, you, you know, you did a certain amount of work or uh, got a certain amount accomplished, and today you get 1% more. So if you do that over a period of, of a year, and maybe there's days that you don't quite make the 1% or you're off for the day or whatever, but uh, just as a concept here, if you, if you do that every day for a year, you've not only gotten uh, 365% better, but you've also uh, got got what's known as compounded interest there. So you could become so much more productive just simply by um, increasing your your productivity and and things that you do by 1% each day. And even if you did it 1% a week, uh, you're 52% higher plus compounded interest. So, um, and that's not that difficult to do. Uh, You know, if if your job is sales and talking to, you know, 30 people a day, then you just increase that by 1% and, and talk to another person or two. So that's, uh, that's kind of the 1% uh, rule that, I, um, uh, that I've lived my life by. You don't, always, you, don't, you don't always accomplish it every day, but certainly you can strive to be the best you can be that day and put a lot more uh, effort toward it than, than what you think you can. 
Absolutely. You know what? This would work really well for uh, actually this time of year in January. You know, when people pick a word for the year to uh, kind of post up and keep reminding themselves. I know my word has been courage and trust and these type of things over the last few years. But this 1% rule would be a great word of the year. So those of you that are making those types of goals, you can pay attention to that and try and work that into your schedule. Jim, I can can add one thing to that. I did this uh, many, many years ago. If you don't think you can be more productive, because uh, most people uh, spend probably 90% of their waking hours focused on what they don't want instead of what they do want. <laughs> and what I mean by that, you know, sometimes let's say we're focused on I've got to, I've got to pay the mortgage or I've got to pay the car payment or whatever. I've got to make enough money to, to, do, to do this or do that. Well, when you, the universe, in my, my opinion, is like a mirror. So if you're focused on I've got to pay the mortgage this month, then every month you'll be focused on I've got to pay the mortgage this month. So, uh, so we, a lot of times we're, we, we think we're being positive, and, and there's nothing wrong with accomplishing uh, enough money to pay the mortgage. But what if your have to is ten times that? You know, what if your have to is, you, you, like a friend told me years ago, he said, my zero in my bank account is five million. That's a zero. When it hits five million, he's broke. Uh, now, back then, you know, I had maybe 100000 in the bank, and he had $5 million. I'm going, well, I'm broke, wow. and I had zero. <laughs> and he goes, no, you got to put your zero at a, at a different level uh, instead of being broke. And yeah. so here, here's the exercise. Every, uh, take thir- do this for 30 days, and I guarantee your life will change in a big way. It did for me. Uh, every 15 minutes, write down what you did for the last 15 minutes during your waking hours. And even, even while you're sleeping, the morning when you get up, write down, you know, how many 15 minutes that you slept. So if you slept 10 hours that night, could you have gotten by with 8 or 7? Um, and how many 15 minutes did you waste sleeping? <laughs> or how many 15 minutes did you waste uh, during your work hours focused on things that, that wasn't work or focused on things that pulled you down instead of solutions that you're looking for? And you'll be shocked at how much time you spend on things you don't want. And that's one good way of correcting that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, are you allowed to spend 15 minutes just sitting and thinking? Is that, is that called productive in your eyes? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're sitting and thinking for 15 minutes, that, you know, that doesn't mean you're not productive. It just means you're, you know, it's just like meditation or exercise or whatever. Up. You just look at all of those things and say, you know, once once you've decided what you want in your life, every every decision you make, every action you take is going to move you toward it or away from it. Success at anything is that simple. Whether you want to lose weight, make money, have a better relationship, whatever it is you're looking to do, um, every action you take, once you've decided what you want, will move you toward it or away from it. You want to lose weight? Um, a lot of people have set that resolution, but probably by the 15th, they've already broken it and decided to wait till next January. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you want to do that, then you, you have to, you have to take responsibility, observe yourself. And, you know, when you open the refrigerator and, or go to stop at that fast food for, for lunch or whatever it may be, you got to ask yourself, is this feeding my body what I need or is it feeding it what I don't need? 
Um, and success at pretty much anything is, is boils down to that. Awesome. Jim, I'd like to talk about the next generation. This all works in together. This, the working force coming forwards and what's ahead. Now, I have two boys in this group, and I know you have also. They've been told and raised they could be anything they want. The sky is the limit. And yet many of them are still waffling around to commit to an industry or career. Uh, they don't have goals to save for a house and grow, you know, like our past generations. And the recent stats reports are saying they should expect more change ahead, a new career, a job description, or, or several times in their working years. But they still need to get started. Would you like to comment on this group and why they might be having trouble finding themselves? Well, so, uh, you know, it's a little more difficult to, these days, I think, um, in a lot of ways. Uh, part of it's technology, um, you know, and, and part of it's just the change in, in um, the working atmosphere. Uh, I have six boys myself. And six? The fir- first two were, you know, college graduates, um, uh, computer science degrees, have great jobs, making hundreds of thousands a year. One's an executive up at Microsoft, one's for with nice. uh, some division of IBM, I believe now. And, you know, they, they do really, really well because, you know, they started out young many years ago and, and got, got a job yeah. and then they progressed and, and went from one job to the next as an upgrade. But then I have four, four other boys from my current marriage and um, uh, I, I, we homeschooled them for one, or my wife did. I didn't. I couldn't go past the 10th grade. So she, she homeschooled them and, and uh, I taught a, a, a class a week for a couple of hours. And uh, interestingly enough, one of them is a college graduate of those four, but all four of them are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's so much harder, you know, when you're when you're um, kind of like a solopreneur, entrepreneur, to um, to be able to build up your, your your credit, and you've got a job, and you, you know all the things that they look at to, to buy a home. But I think a lot of people today, they're just they're they're not a lot of youngsters aren't interested in a job and working for somebody else. So they sometimes they struggle to um, to find themselves and find you know what their what their direction is in life. And it, I can see that a lot. Um, I also see I did a, a talk for about a hundred young uh, people. Uh, I'd say they're mostly in their uh, uh, early to mid twenties, and and afterwards it was a personal empowerment. Uh, type uh, keynote mm-hmm. that I did, and afterwards it, it was like they crowded around me. They they had never heard anything like this before. Well, so <sighs> we think you know everybody's into personal development. Well, the younger, younger yeah. up have, have never heard it, um, and 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 it's not it's not on their radar. And mm-hmm. when they hear it, they're they're inspired by it. But um, you know, so it's it's difficult today. And and then you have technology and. And everybody lives on their phones and their computers, and um, yeah, know. You know, there's not much communication, uh, real communication. I mean, a text is not really communication. Uh, an email is not. Uh, so more and more, we're separating ourselves. And when you do that, I think you separate yourself from opportunity as well. For sure. And that goes back again to what you're saying, too. You're, you're a product of your parents' values and 
habits and talents and their parents and their parents and their parents. And uh, when you have parents, for example, mine grew up in the depression. uh, It's kind of hard to get some inspiration with them because they're still, you know, saving string and and rationing out tinfoil and all kinds of things. It's hard to get them into the the next century for sure. Uh, Yeah, my parents both were second and fourth grade educated. Uh, They both could read and write. Uh, but but they were second and fourth grade. That yeah. was their education. Yeah. So we have to get into um, we have to find our own type of mentors as we're getting older that have a different perspective in order to be the entrepreneur they want to be. That's where I'm going with um, Jim. We're going to jump into the change book again. I've just got a, a note five minutes till break, so I want to just get uh, started on the change book series, and um, then we'll finish up after the break. There, tell us more about the change book series and how that idea got started with you and uh, well, Jim. Well, it, it, it got started from. Uh, uh, two or three coaches that approached uh, Jim Lutz and myself um, on um, you know, wondering if we could put together a collaborative book where they could kind of um, uh, increase their branding by be, being co-branded with us. And we mm-hmm. thought it was a good idea, so we decided to do one book. And, and we did, and it, it was so successful that we said, well, let's, let's do a second one. And after the second one, which was also successful, uh, we said, "Well, why don't we why don't we create a community, a collaborative collaborative community, where we continue with these books and bring people into the, that community, and they can learn from each other, grow together, share ideas, uh, collaborate, do business together, you know, all kinds of things." And and so we did, and we did some some mentoring for uh, for the. Um, uh, the co-authors in, in each of the books. But today we have, we just published book number 16. Okay. And we have 320 co-authors in 26 countries. And we got some just tremendous success stories of things that would never have happened if they weren't uh, in this uh, book series. And I just started, by the way, I just started a second book series, myself and Kevin Harrington from the hit TV show Shark Tank. He and okay. I are doing a collaborative book series called Cracking the Rich Code for Entrepreneurs in Any Category. And um, it's just, uh, it, it is, we're just attracting some of the great people for this, for this book. We're just about finished with our first one, and we, we plan to do, we'll probably do 100 of them uh, easily. Great. So have you stopped with the change book series, or are you just going to go up to 20 or 50, or what's the, what's the goal on well, that? Well, you know, we've always said let's take it one book at a time, and that's always what we've done is uh, let, what, are we, what are we going to do? Are we going to do the next book? And we just finished 16. We just published it not more than a couple of weeks ago. So we actually, Jim and I have not had a conversation about are we going to 17. And I'm sure we will at, uh, at some point. It may not be immediate, but but we're we're always um, uh, you know open to doing that for sure. Just keeping the community alive. So uh, I just like to tell our listeners a little bit about my experience when my book nine came out a few years ago. Uh, I was so excited. I think I received the PDF version on December twenty fourth, right smack into the holidays. And we had the time off. The stores and businesses were closed. So I went into my new book and decided I wanted to meet some of these people. 
Uh, there was 20 authors at each book, and I set up Skype calls for uh, more than half of the co-authors in this book, nine during that holiday season, and I met some amazing people. I talked with a gal in South Africa, another in Florida, over in the Midwest, and of course, many in California, but it was really great to find like-minded people with common goals, common aspirations for themselves, and then I went on to join a subgroup with these people to act as a support group for our solo entrepreneurs. And we also put on a webinar together to promote our services. So a very talented group indeed. And so I just wanted to say, I've just had a great experience with the change book series. And um, I just wanted to share that today. Yeah, well, good. We've had some tremendous success stories from, from there. I mean, businesses that's just excelled in a big way just from uh, being in the book and learning from different people and from what we share and that type of thing. So we're real pleased with it for sure. Super. Wow, Jim, we've covered a lot of ground today so far and there's a little bit more to come. We still have to uh, look more on how we can get involved. And uh, so folks, you may need to take a few notes for this next segment. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Catherine Wilking uses unique personal profiling and other feng shui tools in order to help you excel in all areas of life, wealth, health, relationships, and more. She offers face-to-face consultations through Skype or Zoom calls. She will set up your home office for success. Visit KatherineWilking.com and take advantage of the Home Harmony Package. Catherine would love to see your space and help find the right solutions for you. Check out other products and services at KatherineWilking.com. Catherine Wilking Designs is a counseling service with a difference. I'm Catherine Wilking. I use feng shui to help people achieve their goals. Are you having issues with your coworker or partner? Or perhaps life is beginning to spin out of control. Feng shui can help. Rearranging your space can always rearrange your life. Doesn't it make sense to set up your office, bedroom, and entire household for success every single day? Feng Shui never goes out of style. Visit my site, KatherineWilking.com, and let's get your space working for you. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Practical Solutions for Life. If you'd like to send a question or comment about our program, please send an email to Catherine at KatherineWilking.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N at KatherineWilking.com. Now, back to Practical Solutions for Life. Hi, and welcome back. We're talking with Jim Britt, co-founder of the Change Book Series. Jim's got some information for us today on how we can get involved and we can change our lives and become a better person. I'm so excited about this. Jim, uh, you get the mic. Well, yeah, um, we'd love to have any, uh, you know, anybody that's interested in being a co-author with us. Uh, we're, we're kind of taking um, pre-reservations right now for the, for the next book, which would be book number 16 in the series. So if you have some interest in that, you can always email me at jimbritt at jimbritt.com. 
And I mentioned the other book series I'm doing. There actually is a, a link for that if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening. It might be something you want to look at, which is uh, jimbrittbook.com, and it'll kind of take you through the details of that. And my website, uh, I've got multiple audio programs on there um, at jimbrit.com. So um, love to uh, connect with you in any way that we can. Perfect. Per- this is this is amazing opportunity for you, particularly the solo entrepreneurs that just need a collaboration. You get monthly incentive calls in there, and you can meet some people to start your own little little support group. So it it works out. It's a win win. Yeah. We're gonna uh, put. There's some questions coming in here, Jim. Is it okay if we put some of them out on the put some out here? Of course. Um, here's where, okay, here's a general question. Where does someone start to become an empowered entrepreneur? Does it start with idea or the plan and then the bank? And what courses should I take? This is a bit of a mouthful here. I think maybe they need some coaching from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, you know, uh, to start anything, let's, you've got to first decide what you want to do, what, what, what that is. Um, let's. So what does it mean to be an empowered entrepreneur? Does that mean that you're wealthy, or you're making lots of money, or uh, you, you know, what what does that mean? If let's just say, for instance, uh, you want to be wealthy, whatever that means to you, it could be having a million dollars in the bank, or ten million, or having a residual income of you know ten thousand a month coming in. To me, that's wealth because you can get up in the morning, decide what you want to do instead of what you have to do, so you feel more empowered that way. Um, but the first step uh, is not finding the right opportunity or finding a way to make that money. The first step is deciding that's what you want. And mm-hmm. Because when you decide something, it creates a mindset. And you just look at your life, the things that you've accomplished in your life, and see, and some things that maybe were more more difficult to accomplish. Look at your mindset that got you were there. Whether it be a college education or something you purchased or vacation you took or something that that stretched you, uh, but you were so determined that you just wouldn't give up. And that's that's what has to happen. You have to make that decision. I'm going to be a wealthy person, whatever that means to you. Uh, or or whatever it could be. I, I'm going to be a thin person, you know, and mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. then your view of opportunities change. But if you haven't made the decision, you don't see the opportunities to do those things. You don't see the opportunities to become wealthy if you haven't made a decision to become wealthy. So that's where it starts. Is the foundation of everything. I mean, I, I see people with you know setting goals and writing them down and and creating uh, vision boards and things like that. But you know what? I, I found, for me, none of that worked. <laughs> and and I, I was asked recently, uh, do you write down your goals? And I said, no, no I don't write them down. I can remember them. Uh, but, but they're based in a decision. That's the point I want to make. The, the goals are incremental steps to getting where you want to go. The decision is a foundation so that now you can set up the incremental steps to get where you want to go. So... Um, hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to throw my two cents in on this one. I think it's finding your skill set to, to match your goals as well, too. Uh, basically, if you're an in, uh, extrovert, you'll find it selling easier than if you're an introvert. So if you're trying to go into business and you're lacking skills, you'll need to hire, uh, form a partnership, or uh, take courses. 
Um, either way, you'll need to put those skills together. I have a just a quick story. Uh, this, is my, this is my younger brother who had these stepping stones. And I think this is really appropriate to put in there. He knew he wanted to be an entrepreneur as a youngster. He didn't finish high school either. Uh, but he didn't know how to get started. And some way how he ended up in a restaurant and decided to train as a pastry chef, of all things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that was. But then he said, okay, now I'm a pastry chef, but I still want to be an entrepreneur. And he took some part-time courses at the university in accounting. So interesting enough, I'll just fast forward here. He was hired by Holiday Inn years ago to be a controller because he knew the restaurant business and he knew the accounting. And that was the turning point that launched his career. And a success story, sorry for sure, he's been living in the Cayman Islands for the last 30 years. And uh, he's very well off as a project manager. You just never know about where you're going to find that next stepping stone. You just have to get started and move forwards. And I'm, I tell my clients that all the time, just one step, just move the toe and just do something and you'll find well, it on the other side. You know, uh, a, a good a good case in point here. Um, when I when I look back at my my uh, history of, of work and, and career, um, everything I did, whether it was picking cotton at a at a six as a six year old or a twelve year old, I I strive to beat myself every day mm-hmm. uh, to beat what I did the last day or, or or get better all the time. I wanted to be the not the best one in the cotton field, but I wanted to be the best that I could be. Same thing when I worked in the gas station. When I worked in the factory, there were 9,000 employees, and they rated you on an efficiency scale of how efficient you were. And, and I did the work of 4.57 people. I was what? number one in a factory of 9,000 people. Didn't pay me anymore, but I, I, was the, I I'd always strived to be the best I could be. Same thing when I... Um, when I went in the seminar business, the same thing. I committed myself to go out and speak, even though it was my greatest fear was speaking. And uh, and I went out, and the first one terrified me. And mm-hmm. then I committed to all of my sales staff that if you've got a presentation you need to have done to 50, or pe- 50 people or more, I would do up to three a day. And I had 300 salespeople that worked for me uh, promoting seminars and um, it, with Jim Rohn. Uh, when we first started, and mm-hmm. and so I did three presentations on average a day for the next five years. So, but every time I did it, I said, "How could I have done that better?" And so it, it's it, it's always being your best at whatever you do because here's what happens: opportunities show up. You know, when I'm working in the gas station, what happened was a guy pulled in the, in and to get gas one day, I serviced his car, did cleaned his windshield, everything, and he said, young man, he said, you've got a lot on the ball. And he said, uh, you, should, you should be doing something other than working in this gas station. I said, well, what? He said, you should be at the factory down the road. And that's when I told him, you know, well, that's, that's my dream job. And he said, well, I'm, I'm the guy that's going to make your dream come true. I'm a supervisor. And he got me on, even though I didn't have the high school diploma, because of how, how good I was doing. So the point ethic. is is that people see you, and if, if you're the best you can be at a job, or you hate your job, which one is going to get the next opportunity? 
You know, mm-hmm. you can you can go around hating your job. I mean, when I looked at the factory, when I looked back on it, I didn't like it that much, but I did it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's that that's the way it is. Uh, we're going to do a little wrap up. I have a quote here right now. Um, it's a quote from James J. Lackard. Because man sacrifices his health in order to make money, he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he's so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being he does not live in the present nor the future. He lives as if he's never going to die and then dies never having really lived. James J. Lackard was a director for World Vision in the early days, and this is a quote taken from the article he wrote years ago, An Interview with God. Something to think about, very related to what we've been talking today. So here's a question to ponder. What can you do today to make change in your life? Think about it. If you'd like to chat further, you know you can send me a note, Catherine at CatherineWilking.com. Well, we're going to wrap this up today, and I wish to thank Jim Britt for being on the show today. Jim, remind us again how to get involved. Uh, we want to learn about a lot about change, success, and being the best we can be. Well, you're, uh, uh, you can email me if you've got questions or um, uh, would like to connect with me at Jim Britt at jimbritt.com, and that's B-R-I-T-T. Um, if you... Um, uh, want to know about the change book, just e- email me there and I can get some <clears throat> information to you and maybe get you on a list of, uh, of people for the next book. And uh, if you want to know about the book I'm doing with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, just go to jimbrittbook.com and there'll be all the details right there that will, uh, and, and then you can, you can email me as well if you want more information on that. So, um, and I have programs on my, on my uh, website, uh, The Power of Letting Go, I highly, highly recommend that for anybody. It's a program about how to let go of the things that's holding you back in life and how to live more present in the moment and enjoy your life. So, And I have one called Cracking the Rich Code as well for entrepreneurs, an yes. audio program. So, um, Wonderful. Wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us, Jim. Really appreciate your time today and all the best for continued success for sure. All right. Thank you so much, Catherine, for having <laughs> Thanks. me. And uh, thank you to all our listeners who joined us on Practical Solutions for Life. Don't forget to bookmark this show Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Looking farther into January, next week, we have the power of hidden messages in the workplace. Donna Stellhorn, our invited guest, is a feng shui practitioner. And we'll get your office arranged for success and tips on what lies ahead for business in 2019. Wow. And then later on, January 29th, we got the power of knowledge, the aha moments, taking time to reflect and move forward. You need to know all this stuff. Pop on over to KatherineWilking.com for more information about me, pick up your free gift, and stay in touch so you won't miss an episode of Practical Solutions for Life on the Empowerment Channel with Voice America. I'll see you next week. Wishing you continued success. Thank you for tuning in this week to Practical Solutions for Life. Be sure to join Catherine Wilking for another amazing show next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, embrace the changes that are coming into your life and you too can have a great day. 